This episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 316 for the week of the 21st of March, 2018. I'm Adam. And I'm Scott. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the SH Figure Art Super Sailor Mars and the Tweeterhead Batman Classic Robin statue. Hey, Mr. Adam, how are you going? I'm going pretty well, Scott. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. This is uh, one of those shows where we don't have everyone together for the group bits, and we may or may not have some uh, extra reviews uh, in here by the time we record, but we thought that we would at least get together and do some collaboration on the openings and closings. So here we are. Yay. <laughs> What's been happening in, in Adam Land? Um, not a lot. Um, we're starting to plan out the next round of house renovations, which includes things like roller blinds being automated for the couple that are present but not automated, <laughs> or like electrified, um, uh, and new carpets in bedrooms, which means I've had to start placking up toy collections and putting them in the ceiling cavity. So, oh, um, yeah, that's actually gone all right. I've found all the boxes for my figure art stuff apart from my cell, Dragon Ball Z cell, um, the non-premium uh, non colour edition. But that's okay. I can at least just sit them on the desk and everything else got packed up. So, Isn't that pesky? I have one, like, you know, I sold my um, Bowen Designs collection um, a while ago, except for kind of two, one thing that's broken that I really need to fix and then one mini bust that I just cannot find the box for. And I know, like, I don't throw things away like that, so it has to be somewhere. But, yeah. But it's, yeah. It's annoying. If anyone wants a um, Wonder Man safari jacket mini bust with no box, let me know. <laughs> I actually... I actually know I did throw out the boxes for the couple of bow and busts I have, which is like Jonah and Spidey, because I was like, man, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to keep these, and if I end up getting rid of them, I'll do what I normally do and just offload them to um, Vinny's or the Salvos or something like that, and they'll yeah, have no idea what to value it at, and they'll just sell it for like 10 bucks. Yeah, that's like, right. <laughs> Make someone happy. So tell me about putting things in the ceiling cavity. Like, Did you have to do any lay anything down to make it sturdy enough to be able to store that stuff? Not really. So um, I'm just trying to think mostly where it is. So most of the of our roof is actually not easily accessible because we've got um, ducted air conditioning and ducted heating and yeah. like it's ducted evaporative and gas. So the ducting basically makes it impossible to move much beyond about a metre from the manhole in the ceiling. Mm. Um so I put all the, all the boxes into like the plastic tub things with the lids you can get at Bunnings. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the ones where the lids don't secure properly, I Oki strap the lids on to keep them a bit tighter. Um, um, can you just translate Oki strap for the the elastic strap thing you can use for like for securing things on flatbed utes or trailers or whatever else that have hooks at the end. 
Yeah, what are they? What I wonder. I wonder if they are called octopus straps elsewhere. Because one one thing, because I came here when I was twenty one, occasionally there's things that I had never really heard of before I came here that I have just thought, oh, that must just be an Australian thing that, you know, years later I discover are not. <laughs> it's just that, you know, I was ignorant to it beforehand. So people might be going, we know exactly what an octopus strap is. Um, but, yeah. They're the kind of thing Wait. that they have, that they have um, uh, you know, it's an elastic thing. They have hooks on the end. And uh, my introduction to them was helping my father-in-law um, strap down stuff on a trailer and uh, trying to make sure that you didn't lose an eye when they kind of fling out. Whip off, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I'm just checking on Wikipedia because I kind of like that. Um, <coughs> they are also known as shock cords or bungee cords. And they're also in other places referred to as tie down cords, but they're really not for tying things. They're really just tie down cords. Yeah. Wow. It's, you so, know, like, it's that level beyond having a long piece of rope that you tie things onto your trailer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I, I mean, we, so Oki strap comes from octopus strap and that's what they'll ever, forever be for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, uh, so. Sorry. Yeah. Once I then get the things up in the roof, um, I'll typically manage to find a corner of beams where I can sit the box across the corner of the beams. So they're not actually sitting directly on insulation or um, a ceiling thing chip rock. Um, but then where the heater is in the roof, because the ducted heater is, there's actually a big timber platform around it that they've clearly put on there so it can sit on top of the that's attached to the beam so it distributes the weight. And so I can also put some of the boxes kind of on that big platform there. Yeah, I understand. Uh, it's something that um, I've thought that, at some stage when I have the disposable income, ha, hilarious, I own a horse, that's never going to happen, um, the, that I might look into just because I do pay for a storage unit for boxes that are light because it's just boxes of boxes, right? Like, um, and But our manhole is pretty, very small, like the modern house, you know, the, like this house we built it, what, five years ago? And it's really kind of like a child hole. It's not... Um, my, my parents' house had, we called it the attic, but I suppose it was something that you could have actually renovated and lived in, but it had like a set of pull down stairs in the garage that you, um, you know, could bring down with a little like ladder to climb up into. And it was a great storage space. And I'm pretty sure that everything that was in there when I was a child is still there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, yeah, waiting for me and my sister to finally dispose of when my my father leaves us um <laughs> yeah, so it won't it won't be at all traumatic for you then no we are i've resigned myself to it like i but he's not a hoarder but i just i think that <clears throat> i realized when i was over there um last year when my mom passed away that he he's a perfectionist and he is like w there's only one right thing to do in any situation and until you can work out what that is you're immobilized uh. so yes and so there's piles of stuff in like for example one night because i spent a fair bit of time with him after everyone else left because i hadn't been there beforehand and 
um, you know, he got got this pile of stuff and he was like, oh, I thought I might just kind of start trying to, you know, sort some things out and throw some things away, whatever. And the very first thing he picked up was a business card. And he said, oh, this is a, a card of a place that you took us to for coffee on the morning to Peninsula. Would you like this? What the hell? <laughs> and, and I was like, uh, I probably don't need it. And he was like, oh. Well, okay, I'll just put that aside. <laughs> and I was like, right, nothing. You know, I think I think he could spend a fair bit of time moving things around into different piles, but uh-huh. I don't expect anything to actually go. But what's happened now is that when when like I've been in Australia twenty, this is my tw- oh my god, this is my twenty seventh year in Australia, um, and ages ago. I was back in, you know, my bedroom was like exactly like I left it when I was 17. And and I'd said to them, look, there's there's nothing left that I want. Like, please just feel free to throw things away, whatever. And every once in a while, my dad would get on the phone because my mom always dominated the conversations. And, and he'd say, oh, um, I've got this book here from your room. It's called The Girl with the Silver Eyes. Would you like me to send that to you? <laughs> like, um, and and I, like, I used to, just burn it. <laughs> I know. I used to be like, no, don't worry about it, whatever. But after that last visit there, now anytime he says that to me, I'm like, sure, great, because it's one thing that I can throw away, um, that I won't have to clean up later. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Bless his heart. But it's, it's giving you something to do now. It's actually quite good. Like it's a, you know, it's a bit of a preoccupation, but you know, it's actually giving me something to do. Wow, what a what a weird banter. <laughs> we haven't even talked about what you've been up to. So what have you been I, up to? Yeah, I've just been uh oh, you know, trucking along. Um my uh, my amazing fabulous team member that was never going to be with me forever but was kind of a transition person in my team um is leaving me and I'll never forgive him and I'm just mentioning that because uh he's been listening. Um so you've ruined my life. No, et cetera. No, so, uh, it's like, you know, just, you know, when you meet those people where you're just like, Oh wow. Like it is just so fun working with you. Um, so it's, a, you know, he's got a great new job and it's a good thing for him and, um, good opportunity for us to get different skills. But I'm kind of like my office friend is leaving me. So I have been planning that transition and interviewing people and man, reading applications for jobs really makes one despair for humanity. Yeah. It like because oh, there's just so many. It's a, it's a skill, right? You know, like it's a skill, and there's lots of judgment and things in it. And I think you're the way that you apply for jobs and what you say, you know, it says a lot about you. And some of it's intentional, and some of it's not. And so, yeah, I I, I find I find having to read lots of job applications moderately depressing. Um, so. What was my favorite, besides all the kind of usual typos and, you know, copy and paste fails where they put the, the wrong employer name in or whatever, um, mm. was like describe themselves as profoundly knowledgeable. Uh-huh. And I was like, right, so for the interview, we're going to have hard trivia questions. <laughs> like, yeah so nothing much else Uh, mrs scotty is away for work this week so it's just me and the scottettes um jamming and coping oh and all the animals of course and coping fine and i did my very first solo horse competition last weekend had to drive the float and everything and we survived and did really well and 
my 14 year old is amazing to have done all of that without her normal support crew slash mum. Cool. Um, yeah. Cause I just basically stood there going, I don't really know what to do, but yay. You're like, <laughs> you tell me where to put the thing and I'll do the stuff. Yeah. And she was like, uh, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. Myself. That is exactly what happened. No, she was really, I was so proud of her. There was only one, I'm one. I really need mum moment in the whole day. So I was really proud of her. Um, and horses are amazing. They're so patient and like, it's such a good thing that they don't realize that they're so much more powerful than we are. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, because some of the stuff, like, you know, she does dressage and you have to – they put their mane into rosettes, so they're like braids that are actually threaded into little – like you, you braid the the mane in all these little braids and then you kind of basically sew each one into a little circle and they call it rosettes. Uh. and. You know, it takes forever, and then when you go to undo it, you actually have to cut the. It's not just like you have to undo the braids; you actually have to get into their mane with scissors and cut the thread. And like, and they, he just stands there patiently and just tolerates all of it. And I'm like, I'm so glad that you don't realize that you could just kill me right now. Like, <laughs> it sounds that job though. It sounds like something that is just waiting for someone to come up with a machine that does it. Oh goodness. <laughs> The Rosetter, the ba- yeah. the the Barosetter, <laughs> instead of the Bedazzler. Yeah, yeah, you got that, didn't you? I didn't need to say that. Yeah, no, that's okay. I just explained my joke. <laughs> Killed it. But yeah, no, I just when he, when he was staying there so patiently after having done three different events, including a cross country where uh, they she she read her like they have a special watch they wear because it's a timed thing. And she read it wrong and thought that she was had less time than she actually had, and so she really pushed him. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, he, it's three events in one day when they do this thing. And after all of that, he sat there and patiently let us attack him with scissors and, you know, it's just amazing. So yeah. patient, so beautiful. You wouldn't get that out of me after a run. <laughs> yes. I, mean, I, I don't think that I would be – putting my hand up to braid or unbraid your mane. Yeah. At any point. You, you wouldn't want to touch it unless it had a shower first anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, don't don't get me started on horse sweat. Blech. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> um, I, having covered many other topics this evening, I, I feel like for the people that have turned up for toys, that they're probably ready to hear them now. And I think we should oblige. Okay. Okay. We'll come back at the end to do the end things. If you like listening to podcasts, there's a good chance that you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is Wool by author Hugh Howey. It's the first book in a trilogy which unfolds the mysterious story of The Silo, a subterranean city extending 144 stories beneath the surface. It's a captivating book that I had to listen to almost in one sitting because I couldn't turn it off. To get your copy of Wool for free and start your 30-day free trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Hey everybody, Scotty here. 
I am coming to you with another installment of reviews in the Tweeterhead Batman Classic line. Uh, Tweeterhead is a company that is doing some really interesting things in both DC and some other pop culture statue lines. I'm really excited about their upcoming uh, maquette series that is going to really look widely at the DC universe, starting with Supergirl. They've already solicited Martian Manhunter, Donna Troy. It's looking really interesting um, in terms of the characters that could come in that line. But the piece that I'm reviewing tonight is from a current line that they have running, which is their Batman Classic line. And the piece that I'm reviewing tonight is the Robin maquette, which is one of the latest releases in this line. So the Batman Classic maquette line is based on the 40s, 50s Batman comics, heavily inspired by Dick Sprang. We have had, I believe... Six pieces already solicited, already out in the line. We, and I've reviewed quite a number of them on the show. So Two Face, Batwoman, Penguin, which was the first piece that came out, Batman himself, which I actually nominated as one of my toys of the year from 2017. There is a Batgirl maquette that I don't currently have and a Joker that has been released. Um, but Robin is the latest acquisition of mine in this line. So there is a Tweeterhead exclusive of this, which has a swap-out portrait. I'll talk about that in a moment. I have the regular version as I sourced it locally here in Australia. So the the larger pieces in this line, the Batman Two-Face, are around the 12 to 14 inch. Robin obviously is a smaller character. Uh, this is 9 inches total, including the base. And the pieces up to this point have all had matching interlocking rooftop bases. Um, and this piece does come with a piece of that base as well. But there's a few little challenges with that, which I'll, I'll talk about a little bit more in a moment. Packaging-wise, the packaging is consistent across this line. A nice four-color box with some great uh, art on it, but then also images of the piece itself, and then styrofoam packing inside. Good-looking, consistent, and um, but also you know pretty basic in terms of what it does. In terms of the credits for this line, all of these pieces have been sculpted by Mike Cusinelli. And I have to say that I think this is some of the best work or the work that I've enjoyed most that he has done. And I think his style is really suited to this. The The poses are fun. They are dynamic. That is an issue that I've had with some of his sculpting work, particularly in the Bowen days, etc., where I sometimes just found the energy lacking and therefore the poses not working in the way that they should. But this has just been brilliant work right across the board and really true to the, the Dick Sprang source. The way that the, the piece is constructed is really simple. When when we had the Batman maquette, that was actually quite complex because the head and the cape were a separate piece that was then added onto the body, but Robin is just one sculpted piece. Obviously some different parts that have been glued together, but he comes out of the box in um, one piece and then slots onto his base with a peg just in his left foot. The, the sculpting of this is brilliant. It, it's classic Robin through and through. There's some really nice details, both in the drapery of the cape, in just some of the fabric of his gloves and his shirt, and then the little scallops on his Boy Wonder tights. The swap-out head that 
comes with the Tweeterhead exclusive version only is more of that real classic spring smiling face. The regular is just a little bit more serious, still works still in in the same um, vein. But if you are a true spring purist, then you're probably going to be more drawn to that exclusive head, which has the really cheesy grin on it. So in terms of the the piece itself, Robin, absolutely no complaints, really nicely done. The paint work is, is beautiful. And I was really excited about taking him out and then putting him in with the rest of the display that I've got. And that's where I hit a bit of a snag. Because as I mentioned, these pieces have all come on uh, a rooftop base. All of the pieces so far have been interlocking so that you could kind of you know, display them in a row or in groups. And right away, I noticed a couple of issues. First one is just paint-wise that this base, while it is sculpted the same, has been uh, given a slightly different paint treatment. And from what I can tell from the promo pics, I don't think that was intentional. So the bricks themselves um, have come out significantly darker than the other pieces in the line so far. And the concrete front of the base also has a, a darker finish and a slightly different finish to it, um, which means that it, it noticeably doesn't match with the other pieces. Um, but then the other thing that I was uh, really surprised about was that this piece is actually smaller and not the same shape as the pieces for the other statues, and so it doesn't actually interlock. I, I think that the idea of this piece is that uh, it's meant to be displayed in a little bit in front of the Batman statue um, so that you know, it's the kind of dynamic duo together and that works. And uh, I would say height wise as well, it, it fits really nicely in terms of how he scales with the other figures. Um, but just from visually for me, the, the way that the bases work where it has been so kind of tidy and symmetrical leading up to this, it's then quite odd to have to work out how to kind of cram this in or um, make it fit in a way that I wasn't expecting. So I'm not sure if the Batgirl maquette, which is a smaller piece as well, also comes with the smaller base. I've had a little look now, but if it did, it would almost kind of put me off adding that in because I already have the one um, smaller base that is just kind of complicating the display. One of the whole... I guess kind of selling points of this line was the idea that it's got that diorama element to it where you can add them all together. And, you know, that's certainly not a new concept, um, but something that I think works really well for the Batman pieces. And so it is, uh, it takes a little bit of the shine off this for me that a, we've had some paint differences, which may well have been a factory thing that end, was ended up beyond the control of the company, but the, idea behind the smaller base, I kind of don't understand. So that does take a little bit of the shine off for me. I, I love the statue itself. I think the sculpting is perfect. The paint is fantastic. And I really love this line simply because it is. it goes back further in time than what a lot of the 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 I guess Batman statue pieces do. But yeah, I, I'm going to take a couple of dollies off just for the base issues. Um I can see where the the intent of how this is meant to sort of interlock with the 
the Batman base so that he's slightly in front of it. Um, but I, I really would have preferred the the larger base, but then also just the paint difference as well is going to lose a couple of dollies here. And so I am going to give Robin an 8 out of 10. If you're a classic Batman fan, and particularly if you are a Dick Sprang fan, then I really don't think that you can go past these statues, and they are great fun. And I am definitely keeping my eye out for Joker as the next one to add into my collection, and I'm sure that when I do, you'll hear a review from me. But in the meantime, I'll say thanks, and we will hand over to Adam for his Toy of the Week. <clears throat> if your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, welcome back. This is Adam with another quick toy of the week. This time around, I am reviewing the SH Figure Arts Super Sailor Mars. This was released in 2017. Um, it is from essentially, I guess the easy way to describe it is like the second phase, or second or third phase, be the second phase, and if you were saying uh, Super Sailor Moon is separate to Sailor Moon, it would be the third wave if you said that the inner Sailor Scouts were the first wave, the outer Sailor uh, Scouts were the second wave, and the third wave being the Super characters. Um, so yes, this is Sailor Mars as she appears in Super Sailor Moon. Uh, this was released in 2017. It's an action figure and it originally went for about $52 US. Um, so the difference here is not significant in terms of the base figure itself. Um, the appearance is altered slightly to match the updated costumes that happened from Sailor Moon base to Super Sailor Moon. The um, packings are where the differences really come in, and the overall price difference for those that are interested, the original goes for about $43 at the moment, and the, as I said, the new one goes for $52, so you're paying about $9 more um, for some slight differences in the underlying figure and a different set of packings. So if we talk about uh, usual topics, packaging, those that have heard us talk about SH Figure Arts before, this is going to be fairly standard and a bit boring. Those that have not, it's a, um, a card box with a front window. This does not have the side windows that you get with some of the other lines, like Dragon Ball Z. Once you open it up, you have um, a series of trays, plastic trays. In this case, you only have the base tray that the figure is in with a cover that sits over the top of that. Um, behind the trays you have, in this case, a red piece of card, which is backing for what you can see in the, the window pane. Behind that, as with any of these figures that has instructions uh, on how to play with your dolly, you have instructions for how to play with your dolly. So this tells you all about the, um, the different hands, the different faces, the various accessories that go in there. Um, it 
tells you any of the other details you need to know about. Um, I think there's actually information uh, on how to... No. I know some of these have had um, information in the past about how to order small parts that have gone missing. Um, this does have a request to fill in a product questionnaire and it has a QR code to help you get there. Uh, most of the instructions are in Japanese primarily. There is an English uh, version for all of them. So for those that are really keen on understanding how to use their, their toy and they don't want to make guesses, that's there for you. The artwork on the box, so the front is um, it's basically a picture of the figure. I don't believe it's concept art and they have just gone through and put that through a, a filter to make it kind of comicized. Uh, side has a nice bit of posing. The top has a little um, snippet of headshot. Other side has more posing. Uh, and the back shows you some of the different portrait options you have and some other, the more um, detailed posing you could attempt. So we get to that point. If we take the tray off the figure, off the figure part of the packaging, so you can actually get in at the figure, there's the main figure in there. You've got all your packing swap out hands. Um, one of the things that I miss about the earlier, or from the earlier Sailor Moon figures is they used to have hands come on a totem pole. Um, and I thought that was a great way to package your hands. It made it harder to lose them. I'm sure it cost them more to produce in terms of producing the totem pole, um, being a, a great deal of plastic. Uh, the other thing that they tried at one stage was having the hands in a separate sleeve, um, so a separate little tray that clicked into the main tray um, that had its own little cover, and that was also useful, but once you actually got that tray out and tried taking the hands out, they typically did spray everywhere. So now they've gone back to the old faithful of just the hands will be in the little hand divots and if they spray everywhere, stuff is all. So you've got all the accessories there. The figure sits on top of um, one accessory part slightly uh, and there is also a little piece of plastic, trachon, the trachon of plastic that sits behind uh, between the hair's figure and her bow so you don't get figure rub. Below all of that, is, uh, I'm just trying to work it out, that is two separate individual plastic baggies. Uh, one has a figure stand and one has another effects part. So those are there for you to make use of. Um, the figure stands on these figures are absolutely essential. The other effects part, you know, that's not essential, that's just for displaying it, it look pretty. Um, but I also find that when they when they put these things in the plastic bags, when you go to repack them, if you've actually opened the bags because they're only sticky taped onto the bottom, they can be a pain in the bum to deal with uh, in terms of getting them all to fit in there as well as sliding under the tray and above the cardboard and the whole rest of it. It's just a bit of a drama that I could do without. So, as we move along, the figure itself. Uh, once you strip away the little bits of paint rub protecting plastic, it's a fairly similar figure to what we've seen in all the other Sailor Moon figures, be they super or not. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly how the original worked, and I think it's actually very, very similar. Um, so it's basically the same buck. The hair, so um, Sailor Mars's hair is articulated, by which I mean the main bulk of her hair that hangs down behind her head is not. The two parts that flare out either side are. So if you want to make it look like she's um, 
powering up the spell or an attack, or she's um, falling through the air, you can make her hair foof out to the sides. If you don't want hair foofed out to the sides and you just want kind of straight hair, then that just slides back in uh, behind her back and it just looks like she's got um, the same outline overall to her hair. Uh, other differences here, the bow on her back has changed, the bow on the front has changed. The reds, I believe, are more metallic. I think originally they were more of a, a straight matte red. Um, and the colour of her eyes has changed. And I think that's about all in terms of the changes for the base figure. Oh, um, the other thing is the sleeves of the top uh, have changed. So. For what we're talking about, um, Sailor Moon characters all wear the kind of Sailor Scout, school uniform, Fugu type thing. Um, the sleeves at the top uh, on the original were entirely white. They now have a little extended epaulet type thing. Uh, think along the lines of the, the epaulety pauldrony thing that Wolverine has, shoulder pad coming off of his classic uniform. Um, in this case, it is not blue like Wolverine's. It is translucent with a bit of silvery white paint over it. Uh, so that's an addition from the original. The bow on her front is the same in terms of being purple. Instead of being attached by a red circle, it's attached by a red heart. If we turn around to the back, you can see that she still has the big bow at the back. Um, I believe in the original it was just as big. It's a slightly different design though. Um, so where the back was kind of a double layered bow, this one is kind of a single layered bow, but it has um, tassels that hang down from it. Those are articulated so you can move them around. They are translucent with bits of red painted on, so it, um, it looks quite nice. And it looks, you know, you can again do more kind of powering up, attack, flying through the air, kind of fluffing out, uh, and that's quite useful. The other change that has happened is her eye colour has been changed from kind of a, a grey, a dark grey blue kind of colour to a violet, um, and that's as it is. So other details about the figure, I'm trying to think, ooh, I think that might be a difference as well. Um, I think, yes, the other difference is that the choker collar that she wears, um, the original just had a straight red choker, the new one has a little gold star on it, um, and that is actually sculpted on and then paint it over the top with gold. So that's the other minor difference. In terms of the posability of the figure, the ongoing measure that I have for um, female characters is the Elaine Bennis dance. And I think I uh, may have reviewed the earlier Sailor, Sailor Mars figure. If not, she suffers from the same problem as this one, which is that her hair does not articulate in an up-y-down fashion. It's just um, those two little bits that foof out. So while she can definitely strike all the pose, right poses with knees and arms and legs, she cannot Elaine Bennis her head correctly because her hair prevents it. Um, so that's a little bit of a strike. Um, she has the now standard figure arts neck articulation in that there's a ball joint on top of her neck for her head. The neck is articulated at the base. In this figure, it's such a tight um, fit that it really doesn't want to move, and I'm not going to force it. Shoulders are on a double ball joint, I believe. So, oh, no, they're not. That's a single ball joint. Yep, so single ball joint for shoulders. Um, elbows are a disc. Hands are a ball joint at the wrist. 
what I've found with other figures in this line is you really want to be careful with the wrist ball joint. They're very easy to snap if you try and force an angle too hard. So I'll be careful with that. She has a mid um, cut rotation, so basically upper back slash bosoms. She has some level, I believe, of a, yep, she has hip rotation articulation, so that's there. Um, so she's got essentially a, a three-piece torso. It's kind of like a three-piece suit, but not. She has ball-jointed hips, uh, disc-jointed knees, and ball-jointed ankles. The ankles um, actually do make it look kind of cankleish because um, it's kind of a, a thinnish shin into a big cankle and then into a very narrow foot. So it, it doesn't look aesthetically pleasing, but, you know, on a very skinny buck slash doe, um, it's quite hard to, to deal with that. Um, as I've said, there's bits of articulation in the hair, there's bits of articulation on the ribbon on her back, um, and that's the articulation. Posability-wise, now this is why I say the stands are important on these figures. Because they are wearing high-heeled shoes and because it's a very kind of small kitten heel um, and because the hair is quite significant on this figure particularly, they're very top-heavy and they don't have a big uh, footprint on the ground to get a lot of grip. So while there's a, a figure stand which normally you know you might want to use just for flying or jumping characters, in this case you typically need to be prepared to use a figure stand just to have the character stand up unless you're going to have them lean on something. Um, in the case of this figure, if you were displaying it with the, um, trying to think what it is, it's the, <sighs> I think it's the, the Mandala attack, um, that one, you could probably just about lean her against it if you were going for anything else, if there was a piece of scenery you could lean her, otherwise you are going to want to use a figure stand, um, from experience. So, you know, posability wise, it's fine, it's got the same kind of issues that the Sailor Moon line has had all along. In terms of paint, um, it's mostly okay. The issues really come in at the lower forearm, um, where some of the white silvery paint looks a little bit dirty in places. Um, and the other place where there's paint issues is the skirt. I believe it's typical. It looks like it's basically cast out of the silvery red paint. Um, and then the waistband that goes across the top of it it's not so much that there's been a little bit of paint bleed onto the, the pleats of the skirt, although there has been. It's more that it's just the, um, the thickness of that coating of white silver paint uh, isn't quite enough to cover that there's a red base underneath it. Uh, and the other thing is that they have not gone and painted underneath the waistband, so you can actually see a little rim of red from the insides of the, the skirt at the top, which is a bit disappointing. Um, other things, for those that are interested, they have sculpted on knickers um, for this figure, as with all the other Sailor Moon figures, and those are painted white. So if you are the kind of person that really must insist on knowing what's up the skirt of a female character, now you know. Um, yeah, other than that, I have no issues with the paint. I think it's fine. It is accurate for the character and not an issue. We move on, uh, so we've talked paints, we've talked sculpt, you know, the sculpt is reuse of an old buck, there's not much new, there's a couple of minor details, talked posability and it's it's okay. So the real thing that sets this line apart, apart from posability typically, um, is the accessories. So in this case we have five total portraits, 
the default fitted one is neutral with a kind of small smile. The other portraits, there's a, uh, the small smile and looking off to the left. There's shouting face uh, with eyes front. There is shouting face with eyes closed. And there is a cheeky wink kiss uh, face as well. So, you know, smile, uh, kissy face with a wink. Um, the other accessories that you get, there are a ton of swap out hands by default. Uh, Sailor Mars comes fitted with kind of a, it's kind of a neutralish hand. She's kind of got just the, her pinky and ring fingers straight and then uh, her index and middle finger stretched out and splayed a little bit to kind of, you know, if you're going to hold a card to throw it like Gambit or in this case hold a, a sutra or a spell um, ticket before holding that and the thumb is kind of just in kung fu grip kind of thumb pose. The other sets of hands that you can get, there is two punchy hands, there are two all fingers spread out hands, there is a, um, a spell casting hand which you know kind of looks like the rigid edge kind of symbol, um, there are two punchy hands with the little fingers slightly crooked out, there are two that are kind of more of a, a straight um, kung fu grip kind of hand, there is one that is definitely designed for uh, ring and pinky finger curled in, holding a, um, a spell ticket in her right hand. There is both hands joined together, so that's uh, already joined and melded with um, fingers crossed in, in a trigger kind of shooting action. There is another one that's a, um, a right hand crafted for holding things. And there is, um, as one of the other effects, there is for the flame arrow attack, she has a right hand that's lined up. Um, the hand is attached to the flame arrow, so you can fit that on and it fits perfectly fine. So there's that. Other accessories, um, you know, wow, there's a lot. Um, there is a series of Sutra um, stickers that are there. So it's a set of one, two, three, four, five that are fanned out. There is an individual one, and there is another flame kind of thing, which you, I'm just looking at it, you can attach onto another hand, I think, or have held by another hand. So that's another fire spell that she's holding. There is the figure stand that we talked about, and there is the um, the mandala attack thing. It's not Nelson Mandela. It's a mandala, M-A-N-D-A-L-A. Um, and that's kind of, you know, a big translucent orange and yellow piece with uh, some Chinese characters um, written over the yellow circles that are surrounded in flamey looking pizza plastic. So that's another impressive packing. Um, I'd suggest that these are the points where we really start deviating from the original in terms of price. When we look at the original, the original had um, four swap out faces, so it had the same number of swap out faces, they were slightly different faces. They had uh, how many sets of hands? So they had, um, I think, about the same number total of hands, maybe a little bit fewer, and they had only one sutra and the figure stand. So there's a lot of difference in terms of the packings, and some of those packings are going to be substantial. Oh, I think I left out her um, her um, her moonrod thing, whatever Sailor Mars's one is called. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, so she's got that as well in the new version. So that's Another addition that is essentially like a little pink rod, um, like a little scepter thing with a pink handle. It has uh, a round tr translucent ball at the top of it with little pink wings under that and a gold star on top of it. 
um, and that'll fit into one of her holding hands. So that's another another little pack in there that you didn't get originally, you get this time around. Um, so yeah, if we're talking about things that make this figure stand out, uh, make you think about, well, I have the original, do I want to buy it? I guess it's a case of if you like the packings here more, um, I would suggest having a look at it. If you were not really interested in the packings and you had the original, I would not really suggest going out and spending on this figure. I think it's um, it's a fine figure. It's perfectly good for what it is. It's just that if you have the original, you've you've got basically everything you need unless you want the packings. Um, from the perspective of if I was buying this from fresh, I had none of the original figures. I think this would be a really good figure. I think this would be, you know, the price is getting up there at 52 bucks. Um, arguably, for this line, maybe we should be looking at um, a refresh to the the dough that's used as the underlying item. Um, it's kind of getting a bit long in the tooth. It's been going for a few years now. There's some issues in terms of posability. Uh, you know, you can't really, you don't have elbow articulation that helps you pull better poses. The upper arm joints limit you a bit. Um, as I've said all along, the stability issues based on the, the heels are kind of an issue. But, you know, I mean, it's working for them. They If they get to uh, the end of Super and start going into Crystal, where, again, the uniforms change only slightly, um, for me personally, I think that's the point at which I'd pull the plug because I'm getting to the point where, okay, I'm not paying for a third version of basically the same character. Um, but, yeah, for, a, for someone that's just starting... Look, if, you, if you're tossing up between the two, you're not really sure, I would consider getting on the new version just if you're going to display them doing, um, doing attacks and super moves. If you're not interested in attacks and super moves, you just want a set of the base characters, um, I would go for the original if you can get hold of them. Overall for this figure, it's a bit of a tough call. You're talking about a $9 additional investment from the original. Um, the additions are essentially some effects parts. You can't use them all at once. There's some pretty cool effects parts. I would have thought that there'd be... I mean, there's definitely going to be some um, some additional manufacturing costs in there in terms of the plastic and in terms of the dyes that they'd have to set up. I'm not imagining this is a huge production item. Uh, so, yeah, 9 bucks is probably about what you should expect to pay at retail. Uh, that said... I I can't help but think that it's an unnecessary addition in some regards um, or that we couldn't have just had a pack for most of these figures where it was a, a here's a swap out pack that helps you upgrade from um, the base figure. So for me it's it's kind of the, the reuse is a bit of a drawback. Um, I don't have significant issues with the paint or the posability. It's, main, it's mainly the reuse and it's mainly the lack of new things at the price point. So for me, I think it would otherwise be an 8 out of 10 figure if this was the first time that I had one. Uh, and in that case, I would be taking points off simply because, yeah, okay, look, it's, it's not the best figure compared to where we're up to with some of the other toys going around these days in articulation and um, manufacturing processes. So I'd drop a few points there. For the fact that I already have... The old version, I probably go back to a seven. I think realistically, um, there's not enough new in this figure for me that makes me 
Um, super thrilled to have it. It's perfectly good. It's still better than um, a number of toys that have been purchased in the past. But, you know, it, it leaves me wanting for something. So that's uh, the SH Figure Arts Super Sailor Mars. For those of you that are interested in talking about this, drop us uh, an email and we'll get back to you on it. Thanks a lot. Sky Commanders, each sold separately. Led by General Mike Summit, they battle the evil raider forces of General Plague in a world where all the action is above the ground. Sky Commanders, protectors of the high frontier. I got one free! And you can get a free one, too, to Battle Track Dispatch with Sky Commander Books Baxter. Free when you purchase three figures. Look for details on specially marked Sky Commander's figure packs. But hurry, they won't last. Well, before we finish off, we'll cut over to our intrepid listeners' feedback and see what you've got to talk to us about this week. Uh, anyone that has something to add, they can just come along and drop an email to us at... To, at burp, 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 burp. Yes. That's oh, the email. Can we change address. our email address? Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, yeah, that's the um Morse code version. Would you like to state the English version? The English version is podcast at actionfigureblues.com. So drop us a line, you may just hear it read out to you. And uh, Scott, you have our first pick. I'm just gonna start again. This is fucking oh, disaster. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when I try and oh, I thought you were doing really well. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Try again. In five, four. Three, well, we've reached the end of the episode, which is the point in time where we discuss with you, our intrepid listeners, the things you want to talk about. So if you've got questions or comments, suggestions for future episodes, just drop us a line at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear us read it out. Scott, I believe you have our piece of feedback, so over to you. I do. So this is from our lovely friend, Frankie French, um, who is from the United Kingdom. And she... uh, Message us on Facebook and said, Hey guys, I've got an idea for an episode with the demise of Toys R Us in the USA and UK, at least. You could have an episode dedicated to your memories and time spent in the store and also ask listeners to write in theirs. I just thought it'd be a neat idea and a nice send off, too. Let's be honest, one of the stores that pretty much set off our obsession when we were wee nips. That's so cute. Begging our parents for tuppences for the new movie figures, etc. <laughs> Okay, I might translate that. No, it's that's not an episode of, like it's not a, a performance of Oliver, is it? <laughs> that's not what we're doing. Well, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, Facebook hasn't offered me a translate option, so I think we've got to run with that. Um, but that that is actually a great idea. Um, we're still waiting. At, at the moment, we still have a choice R us here in Australia. Um, we talked about this a little bit uh, with Eddie and Ben on our last episode that um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Uh, one thing that um, is interesting, and I really haven't been able to work out if this is true or not and whether and I don't think it would really affect us, but the uh, KB Toys, which was an American uh, chain of the 80s and 90s, um, you know, there has been stuff on the internet saying, hey, we're coming back, but... Uh, I haven't been able to really work out whether that's actually true or not. So, uh, but it would be great. I mean, there's obviously a huge opportunity there for somebody to step in and uh, take a, you know, take the the baton, as it were. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Watch this space, mm. and you'll hear it from us um, last probably because we don't really do breaking news um, unless it's Adam's handyman. 
projects. You can definitely hear those here first. Yeah, typically. Yep, typically. <laughs> Any new pets that are added to my family, we'll probably announce those here as well. That's, as, that's about as breaking news as we get. Um, but cool. Thanks for that, Frankie. And we do love hearing from you. So please, you can also tweet at us um, at AFBlues. We are on Instagram and other good places. Are we on Snapchat? Do you know what? We are not hip enough to be on Snapchat. We need to uh, recruit a 14-year-old to do that. Like, I, you know, I've always jumped into this stuff partly because, you know, my kids are, etc. So I do have a Snapchat account. And I have to say that I just, I really don't get it. Like, it doesn't, I don't get it. Uh, like, I always understood Snapchat was for taking pictures of your genitals and sharing them with people for a short amount of time. Um, so yeah. considering that typically that's the kind of behavior that lands you in trouble, I've kind of stayed away from Snapchat. So it's evolved now. Like the um, kids, like my 14-year-old age and even my 16-year-old, oh, um, are they're, they're not big Facebook users, etc. They're It's Instagram and and Snapchat. And it is like, cause you can share little videos and things. So like, I just opened it now and looked at my, um, Oh, this is actually so cute. We, um, my daughter's most current story is all, you know, horse related, etc. But you can also send little video messages to people. And so with her BFFs now, um, my youngest doesn't text. She sends little video things. Just saying like, Hey, what's happening? What time are we going? Call me back by. You know, like, <laughs> okay. It's yeah, I know. And I just thought this is how we lose the power of text. This is <laughs> this is well, this is. You know, it's also like like a weird phone conversation where you're not at, you're having like a serial phone conversation. Yeah, but it's just uh, the the explanation that I received. Oh my gosh, it's actually adorable. Um, the 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 explanation that I received is that. It is uh, just easier than typing. Sure. I know. That's cute. So there you go. But yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just something about the whole just kind of concept of it that I basically, I cannot find my way around it. I get in something and I can't get out of it and I can't be bothered. This is just what's <laughs> happened right now. So there you go. Get off my lawn, you damn Snapchat kids. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, my day job is a product manager. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just don't like, yeah, there's something really weird about uh, the navigation of it that I just haven't, I haven't cracked. Like, how do I get around this thing? How do I find my way uh, back? You know, I just haven't got, haven't got there. And I don't, I don't really, you know. Yeah. So that, that's the long answer short answer is no no we do not have snapchat <laughs> no somebody wants to volunteer you know like we have we have a listener that runs our instagram somebody wants to set up snapchat for us and promises not to post videos of their genitals um then uh i suppose we could audition genitals but I'm, i just I'm, it's not yeah not really a thing. i'm also not up for hiring someone that like i'm gonna have to have a child with and tell the public <laughs> several months after i've separated from my wife <laughs> and then lose my job because of it. Like I'm out. If that's what if that's what's going to happen. I'm out. We're not doing it. 
Yeah, I don't think that, you know, even though our politicians, you know, are meant to be leading us, I don't think we have to follow their example. I think it's optional. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It's only, you know, for deputy prime ministers. <laughs> yeah. You can Google that, people. They have no idea what the hell we're talking about. In the meantime, we'll go and uh, say goodnight and um, please come back. Bye bye. Don't Snapchat us. Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. And I'm reviewing the Robin Maquette, which is one of the latest releases in this series. So, one of the... I'm sorry, I don't have that information. Well, I didn't ask you, and I don't know why you're responding.